This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast, episode number 133, uh, a.k.a. the bane of my existence. I am your host, Craig. Over there, he's Chris. The bane of your existence. Well, huh? Chris, we're talking spreadsheets today. Yeah. Lots and numbers. lots of yeah, yeah. numbers and spreadsheets. It's be so much fun. Oh man. Okay. We're, we're gonna have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the hope anyway. Before we have our good time, that that sounded wrong. Somehow that sounded wrong. <laughs> Everybody needs to go to hollandassetsllc.com. They need to go to motorcarrierhq.com. Uh, motorcarrierhq.com is where you're going to find the tools, the tips, the people that can help you get out on your own if you are looking to do that. Uh, give us a positive review and come find us on Facebook. Uh, whether it's Facebook or hollandassetsllc.com, either way, if there is something you would like us to cover, if you've got a question, uh, if you've got a comment, uh, you know, some experience you'd like to share that you want us to talk about on the show, let us know there. Uh, we have taken inspiration from those comments more than once, Chris. We have, so, yeah. Uh, There's been some good ones. Yeah. So we want to hear from you guys. Uh, Housekeeping-wise, I think that should do it, Chris. So how have things been? How's, how's life on the road? Uh, you know, on the road, it hasn't been. I actually tried to get out on the road today. Oh, really? Uh, I did. Um, I, I was actually going to try to take a load today. We just, we don't have a truck available. And a big part of that reason is because um, truck number two, We, if you remember, I think the last episode we talked about, we let one of our drivers go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that was... They were on truck two. On truck two. Okay. And uh, truck two was having, so we, we took it in to get it uh, detailed, cleaned out, ready for the next driver. Sure. And... From, you know, funny story, uh, we go to pick it up and it's derated, which means it won't let it drive more than five miles an hour. There's Whoa. an issue going on. Um, and so we decided, obviously, we had to take it into a mechanic to get it looked sure. at. So funny what kind, part what kind of that, truck is it? It's a Kenworth. Kenworth. It's, okay. it's the one with the Packard engine. Right. And I, the, the, the more we have older Packard engines the more frustrated I get with Packard. Just, they're so hard to get into a place because remember Packard is the one where you have to go to a dealer. You can't take it anywhere else. Right. Nobody else can diagnose them. And uh, anyway, this truck has now been a, a week at the dealership and basically they've diagnosed it. And, and I, I should have followed up. I, I don't know what they diagnosed. Nate's talked to the, to the dealership, but they're supposed to get it back in tomorrow to work on it and, and get it repaired. So anyway, to make a long story short, I couldn't get it fixed. But another funny thing about this whole situation is, so the, the truck obviously can't drive. Um, oh, sure it can. Five, well, five <laughs> miles an hour. Um, luckily, so, so either, what, what are our options? We tow it or we drive it five miles an hour right the, to the dealer and it was only it was 3.3 miles oh. and so guess what chris did drove it <laughs> i drove it <laughs> at, at five miles an hour 3.3 miles oh. at like five o'clock in the morning when there's oh, man. one no traffic and i could just kind of you know drive on the shoulder and right get it there so uh, <laughs> I, I would have liked I would to see it that again. yeah 
put my podcast in. That's right. You my got your audio book. You got your arm hanging out the window. Yeah, and just driving and, early butt crack of dawn in the morning when there's <laughs> there's no traffic. So that was lovely. That must have been quite the quite the was, picture. Yeah, me me driving truck so again. Is this uh, how many pack car engines do you guys have? Two. Two. Yeah. And have they well, both so one had of issues? New. Yeah, well, we've had three because truck number one was a pack R engine, right. truck number two, pack R, and then truck number um, 10 is a pack R. And 10 is is brand new. So it's not having, you know, the, the kind of issues. But right. I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think I'd ever buy a used pack R again. Mm. Not necessarily because there's anything wrong with the engine. It's, and, and not that they break down any more often or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're so hard to get into a dealership and, and have anything worked on in a timely manner. And, and when and, you're depending on getting out on the road, you can't yeah. afford to just sit there. And where in this situation, we don't really have a driver for that truck anyway. It's not as big of a deal. But you know, if, if we had a driver and we had to wait that much longer, we'd either be paying the driver to sit to keep the driver happy or you know, we'd... Uh, just be eating. Be up a creek. Yeah, or, or taking yeah. a driver off. And- so is, is Packard, um, it, because I remember seeing them at CES a few years ago, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, huge, massive uh, trade show down there that I used to cover for uh, another brand. Um, and I came down the escalator to the main floor, or like the main convention center. And before you got there, like out on the street, Packard had this massive, massive booth. Uh, you know, half a city block worth of a booth where they were talking about their wares. And I stopped by and kind of just chatted a little bit. I didn't know as much (laughs) about (laughs) trucking then as I do now, Chris, I'm so expert. No, but I was talking to the guy and the way that he talked about it made it sound like, oh yeah, no, we're the luxury brand. We're the BMW. We're the Apple of, uh, of truck engines. And I, yeah, I didn't think much of it at the time, but as you're talking about this now, it's making me wonder if that is your experience where it's like, you know, sure, it's a it's a fine machine. It runs great, but ooh, the second you run into any trouble, you better come to our store. Yeah. It, uh, it's Everything's so proprietary. And and I I, I think they make a, a good claim or they, they pitch that that's, that's who they are. Mm-hmm. Their engine's the better. It, it's lighter. It, it can go longer without needing a, a rebuild that, you know, all these advantages, but I, you know, in, in my experience and, and talking to a lot of people, like I think just about any trucking company or driver out there would rather have anything but a pack car. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Strong and, words. And it's, you know, again, I, I don't think the engines necessarily, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't think it's as good as they claim. Um, but it, it's not necessarily, any worse, but it's um, like just getting it into a dealership. That's, you know, downtime is such a big piece of the trucking industry. You avoid it like the plague and you're guaranteed you're going to have, you know, our, our experience with our Detroit's versus our, our pack cars, as far as downtime goes night and day difference. And we can usually have one of our Detroit's back in a day or two. um, And the, the pack car is more like, a week plus. I looked up Packard. One of their subsidiaries is in Denmark. Do they do yeah, their so, manufacturing yeah, in they, Europe? So they, is that the idea? Um, I don't know the history of Packard. I probably should, but I think they actually, um, they've got, I, I think they originated from Europe and they've purchased like, cause Packard owns, 
They own um, Kenworth. Kenworth and Peterbilt. Right. But I, I think the parent company is actually a European based. And so they've run Packard engines in Europe for decades. Mm. Um, and they're trying to break into the US market. And So it is like know, the Mercedes of. Uh, yeah. Well, probably except I, for Mercedes, which I, makes great trucks, apparently. And I'm Europe. guessing Mercedes is kind of the same way. You kind of have to take theirs right to a, to a dealership, and that that business model, I just I don't like it. No, nope, me me neither. I mean, I'm not driving trucks, but you see this in uh, all sorts of other areas in life, and I yeah. hate it. I hate it's, it. It's I, I, not not my cup I, of tea. I don't want when I when I buy a product, I'm not joining a cult. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> so I to, it's mine. I want to take it where I want to take it. I want to work with my mechanic. I want to, you know, yeah. uh, but I agree. So I hate that stuff. Chris, main topic. I kind of teased it as, you know, my, my, the bane of my existence, because it's all about spreadsheets, but why don't you lay out for us what you want to talk about as far as uh, load analysis and, and what brought this up? So I've, you know, obviously the trucking industry is not doing great fantastic fabulous right now and so it's kind of i've, I've sat back and I've, I've tried to do some reflecting and some thinking and you know hey what can we do to make things better and oftentimes you're not gonna there's typically not one like grand slam thing that you're you're gonna do that's gonna make a huge difference but it's a lot of incremental small little things that you do combined together that that are gonna make a, a big difference in the company and so one of the things that i've i've decided to do is i i wanted to look at our loads and analyze um kind of who we've been hauling for and see if i could see some trends and see if i could tell you know who are our best brokers and shippers and who are maybe our worst and see if there's something that i can see with that and so what i ended up doing is i, I went into our accounting system into quickbooks and i pulled a, a revenue report essentially for mm -hmm. april may and june right and in, in that i you know i I'd get a list of every load that we've done, and I think it was 189, 188, something like that, loads that we've done over those three months. And um, I pulled, you know, out of this um, report that I pulled, I exported to Excel into a spreadsheet. Yes. <laughs> it, and it begins. It begins. And I, I pulled the broker's name. I've got the invoice amount. I've got the invoice date. And then I go in and, and I also add to that for each load, I add the number of loaded miles, the number of deadhead miles, and I create a column for the total miles. And then also I, I look at the direction of travel. And this is important because, um, you know, in Utah, reefer-based loads, um, when you're going out of Utah, you know, typically, obviously, you're going to be going east. Mm. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll go either to California, which we don't do a whole lot of, but or Portland, Northwest. and we do that a decent amount. Yeah. So any of those outbound loads are typically our best paying loads, you know, that, and, and that's not just because of anything specific we're doing, but you know, anything or that originates out of Salt Lake, you're typically going to get paid better for than something that's like, for instance, going from Pennsylvania back to Utah. So, so I, I, I categorize the loads as either an outbound load, a load that's moving from the East to the West, which mm -hmm. usually are worst paying and then other. And so the other is typically something that's, you know, north to south, south to north. Okay. You, but you, you take, for example, if it was, if it, if we did a load that went from Salt Lake to Pennsylvania, that would be outbound. And then if we picked up a load from Pennsylvania that took us down to Texas, and then we took another load from Texas back to Utah, I would consider both of those. Inbound. 
No, well, it's east to west. East to west, because right. they're generally east to west. The others would be something more along the lines of if we were in Texas and we went up to Wisconsin. Right. So um, I, I categorize those three so I could kind of a, a little bit more finely see, you know, what's happening. Because if, if, you know, one broker were getting paid worse on, but every last one of those loads is an east to westbound load, that, that kind of explains why we're not getting right. as much out of that broker. And then I could also filter and see, you know, from broker A, if it was a an outbound or load, you know, what was the rate I was getting outbound loads with them versus what was I getting east to west in comparison with other brokers. And so it, it just, it, it allowed me to kind of and analyze all, that. And it, it lets you drill down on something that you're pretty sure you know. Uh, I mean, this is what academics and science is all about where there usually there's this thing we, we think we know we think this is the yeah. case uh, and you know and a lot of people are like well yeah duh uh earthworms eat stuff and they poop out dirt yeah we we knew that and the scientist goes yeah we thought we thought that now we know it yeah right and this is the point of your spreadsheets right we think we know what the highest paying loads are we think we know who our best brokers are uh but we want to know for sure yeah and, is that and right? yeah exactly and the military does the same thing we we, we call them assumptions. We make assumptions mm. and we want to turn those assumptions into facts. And that's, and that's really what this analysis is doing is, hey, we've got, you know, like you said, we, we think this broker is our better broker. Is that true or not? Yeah. And so uh, all this analysis is really hoping to help us do that. So once I got all kind of that raw data built into my spreadsheet, I did some, you know, spreadsheet wizardry. Of course you did. Yeah. And, uh, I used, uh, you know, some formulas and stuff so that I could pull out the top broker. So I, I looked at any bro, like I looked at all of our shippers and we only have two direct shippers that we'd hauled loads for during that, um, during that time period. And then the rest were all brokers and about 8% of our miles, which was lower than I thought it was going to be, were direct shipper miles. Oh, interesting. Um, so anyway, I, I pulled out any broker that we'd hauled more than four or more loads for, and I and I kind of created them their own category where I could look at them on a more detailed basis. Because mm. so you've got more data for I've them. Got, yeah, I've got more data for them. So um, what I did then at that point is for all of those brokers that had we'd hauled over four loads for and all of our shippers i um, calculated the percentage of loads that we hauled for them so, so or what percentage of their loads made up our total mm-hmm, loads mm-hmm. Um, what percentage of revenue came from them um, the percentage of miles that came from them and then i calculated their loaded rate per mile their total rate per mile um, and so i could i could look at that all in one easy thing. And then I also, then everything else that was left over, those brokers that we'd only hauled less than four loads for, you know, most of them were onesies, twosies. Um, I lumped them all into one category and just kind of named it everything else. So you can actually go into the show notes and I've got that spreadsheet in the show notes and you can see exactly what Mm. it is that I've done. The only tweak that I made to it is I, I took out all the brokers names and I, and I just called them like company one, company two, company three. So you're not going to be able to see who the actual brokers and shippers are. Okay. And Chris, as I understand it, we're ready to look at those results ourselves, right? Yep. But before we do, I want to tell everybody about our friends at Merrimack. 
Do we have a that's second, a, Chris? That's a good time. That now okay. a good time to do All right. that. This, this is my professional tease. You're gonna have to wait for the results, people, because I've got <laughs> something important to tell you. And if you listened last week, you know that uh, we have a new advertiser, Merrimack Solutions. Do you own or work for a trucking company that is struggling to grow its fleet? Is finding drivers the biggest obstacle to growth? Then you need to contact Merrimack Solutions. Merrimack Solutions is the missing piece in your recruiting process. It's a relationship-driven company that makes their clients' hiring needs the number one priority. Merrimack Solutions specializes in Facebook advertising for driver recruiting. 96%, Chris, 96% of drivers have a Facebook profile and 70% of those spend at least 30 minutes on the platform. That's a huge it's a number. Lot. Yeah. It's, yeah, so, yeah, this is it, the barrel where the fish swim. Let's go shooting. And our and our experience at Holland Assets is is that that's really true because we get a lot of good leads. We're we're actually using Merrimack right now to to try to fill that truck number two. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you've used them in the past. You're continuing to use them now. Um, and, and I know you talked a lot last time about your uh, your experience with them, and it seems like they've worked out really well for you. They have been. Yeah. So been it's been financially beneficial for you. Yep. in the long run. But uh, as, uh, that's a good one to bring up because the entry-level campaigns that they do start at $1,000 per month and it does scale. So if you've got large, if you've got a larger company, you have larger needs as far as recruiting, yes, they can scale up from there. Uh, but you've done those $1,000 campaigns and they've been well worth it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So speak with drivers who are interested in your company uh, because they're doing targeted ads. They're finding the people who actually would like to drive for you or somebody like you. So speak with those drivers. Don't waste your time on leads shared with every other carrier near you. So it is it. <laughs> it is time. Chris, I can read. I'm <laughs> really good. I'm Barely. really good at it. It's time You're you got vacation your... <laughs> You have no idea. <laughs> it's time you got your trucks out of the yard and onto the road. Grow your fleet. Now contact Merrimack Solutions today by going to merrimacksolutions.com slash hire now. That's M-E-R-A-M-E-C, merrimacksolutions.com slash hire now and speak with somebody about how they can help you hire the truckers your business needs. That's merrimacksolutions.com slash hire now. Thank you to Merrimack Solutions for sponsoring the Holland Assets podcast. And it's really cool kind of how specific they can get to so you can target who it is you're looking for in a driver, right. like based on a, a lot of different factors and, you know, specifically geographically where they're located. So it's not like you're advertising for people right. all across the country. You can say specifically, I want to be in this city or. There's, there's a, a lot of cool things. Yeah, we do. talk about uh, the data that gets harvested from us on social media. And there's a lot of like nefariousness that goes on, whatever, that makes it kind of creepy. But. With stuff like this, and honestly, with the advertisements that I get online, I'm thankful that it's targeted to me. <laughs> like, I'm glad that I'm getting stuff that I actually care about. And it's not, you know, kids toy commercials like I used to watch all day in the 90s. Yeah. Or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris. Uh, let's talk spreadsheet results. Uh, this is the load analysis that you did. Uh, people can go to hollandassetsllc.com, like you said, and look up the actual spreadsheets that you're about to talk about. But why don't you give us some highlights? How did it go? So uh, I'm going to, you know, I, I already said this, but I noticed that only 8% of our miles driven are direct shipper loads. Right. And and we've only been doing outbound stuff, direct shippers. It's pretty rare that we get something inbound 
Um, but I, that's a number that we need to get improved quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but I, I want to get at least 40% of our miles direct from shippers. Um, so and it's at 8% and it's right at 8% now. Okay. right now. So, I mean, that'd, that'd be going, that'd be it's 32% more. Yeah, yeah. Five times. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about it is, so let, let's, again, let's kind of go back to that other category, the everybody category, everybody mm-hmm. else category. I'm kind of using that as, as what our average is. And so that other category, everybody else category, our rate per mile, total rate per mile, all in rate per mile was $2 and four cents a mile. Um, but our direct shipper stuff was 37 cents a mile more than that. So, um, what, so 241. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big change. And, and if we can get, I, I calculated some numbers, if we can get 32% more of our miles with direct shippers where we're getting on average that extra 37 cents a mile, I mean, that's, that's $13,000 a month more in revenue. And, and that's, that's like, gravy on top because it's there's no more additional expense that comes right. with that we're just better negotiating better relationships we're we're doing a lot of other you know we're we're, we're not having to incur additional expenses to get that additional revenue and so it, it that would go straight to our bottom line and obviously that'd make a huge difference yeah okay so uh more direct shippers and this is a tune you've been singing for approximately hang on carry the one forever <laughs> uh so this is a not not a new concept yeah and and we actually um we're actually in all transparency recording this episode almost a week sooner than we normally would right because because craig's it thinks he has to go on a something something about yeah yeah craig needs a break too <laughs> but anyway so um, we're, we're recording this a, a week earlier. Um, but we are actually, we've got another, a, a load. So today's Wednesday. We've got a load on Friday with a new direct shipper that we're, we're pretty excited about. It's a, it's a good paying load. Um, they, we've, we've been in pretty good contact with them. Um, and, and I, and I think we're going to probably be able to get more out of these guys. Nice. And so, um, we've, we've been hitting the payment or pavement, payment, pavement, <laughs> Um, quite a bit over the last couple of months and, and hopefully now we're starting to see a little bit of traction. It's, it's usually not super easy to get in with these guys, especially in the kind of market that we're in right now. Yeah. Okay. But, so more, more to come, more to follow, but that's, I mean, that, that's ultimately, that's going to be what really moves the needle the most. Right. More of that. More of the direct shippers. But like you said, that's 8% of what you're doing now. 92% is the rest yeah. as you call it. Uh, so what are some pullouts, some highlights from that? So that that's like the low-hanging fruit. That's the obvious thing, yeah. obvi- you know. The other thing that's really interesting too is is when I when we looked at these brokers, we, we have a couple, so th- there's kind of three brokers that are pretty solid above that average. Mm. And then there's three brokers that are solidly below that $2.04 a mile average. Okay. Um, and it, it's really interesting. And I, I hadn't put two to two, two and two together on this, but the one that's, that's better, it, we're getting a solid 10 cents a mile more out of this broker. And that's even including all, most of what they do is east to west, which is usually the less paying, the, loads. the worst paying loads. Yeah. And so if you factor that in, it's really probably even better than 10 cents a mile more. Um, but the funny thing is, so we, we've only really been doing a, 
much of a volume with these guys for about the last three or four months, this particular brokerage. Guess what increased our, our volume with these guys? Uh, truck 11. I don't, I don't know. No, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what truck it was. It might've been truck. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to guess. It was an incident in Oklahoma. Okay. Was it the best hooker in Ogallala? No. Um, the DUI oh. that we had. So if, if you remember, oh, I right. remember this. So as I recall that, yeah, there's a big DUI. It was a huge to do for the company. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where it scares the crap out of you as a business owner. But as I recall the story, it's, it actually increased your, uh, or it bettered your relationship with the broker and maybe even that yep. shipper as well, because you guys handled it so professionally. Yeah. And right? so that, that broker, we hadn't done much of a volume with at that point. Mm. Um, he saw how we handled that situation and he's been giving us ton. There, there are, are by far our highest volume of loads. I think it's 36 loads that we did for them Wow! over that three month period. And, and that all came about because of how we handled a really tough situation. Okay. Well, let and, that be a lesson. And so, you know, it, it, it's kind of nice. We're not only we're we getting a good volume of loads from them, but as far as brokered loads go, we're getting you know pretty good. You yeah. know, it's a pretty good relationship, um, and and so you know that that's one of the big takeaways that I kind of have, have got from this. And and so what's the kind of big lesson learned from that? And this is something that I've, I've talked a lot about over the, the years is we've developed a good relationship with that particular broker and brokerage. Um, relationships matter. And, and that's, you know, as I've done some of this analysis, that's one of the things I'm like, okay, we've got to do a little bit better job mm. of building those, those relationships. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the old saying, Hey, here's, here's my, uh, cliche for the day, Chris, you know, it's not what you Just know, one. it's what it's who, you know, right. Uh, but we often use that phrase when it comes to uh, nepotism or something. Oh yeah, great. You got an uncle. That's how you got into this or that industry or whatever. But no, it's, uh, this is something that applies across the board in every area of your life. Relationships matter is what that boils down to yep. and, uh, maintaining them, creating new relationships. It is worth your time. End of story. Yeah. Right. Okay, sure. Cool. So what other, uh, highlights you want to pull out from? So that? another thing that, that I've found very interesting, and, and this isn't just from the, the data on this, but also talking with other people, including, you know, Jake and Brandy, our, our dispatchers, mm -hmm. um, our, our top three brokers are all brokers that don't have assets. So don't have assets. Yeah. So in the, in the trucking world, in the brokerage world, you've got brokerages that have assets, meaning they've got trucks. They've got oh, their they're own doing their fleet. own. Oh, well, there's a conflict of interest for yeah, you. Yeah. So our, our top okay. three are ones that don't have assets. Our right. bottom three, two of the bottom three are ones that do have assets. Okay. They've got their own fleet of trucks. The, the third one is just a bad company. Like I, I've had, we've had, had bad it. experiences with them, not only in Holland assets, but we, you know, they're one of the bigger ones. I'm not going to say their name, even though I really want to. Um, they're one of the bigger ones and, and they're just, they're notorious for mistreating carriers. Got it. And so anyway, they, um, so the, the, the point being is, there's that conflict of interest yeah. and, and brokerages, 
if they've got assets, they're they're naturally going to put their best paying loads. They're going to take care of their own trucks first, and everybody else gets the sloppy seconds. Right, which is one hundred percent written in bold, fully understandable. Uh, if I were running their company, that's how I would do it. Of course, that's how it's going to go. It's it's almost incandescently obvious yeah. that that's what they would do. So what do you do about that then? Do you just lean more heavily on your better brokers? Uh, are, are you going to work your way out of those less lucrative relationships? What are you going to do? So. That's a great question. And and I want to kind of caveat this and and maybe go on a little bit of a tangent here because I'm I'm what we've talked about mostly so far is where we've looked at things strictly from a numbers and financial standpoint. Right. When you pick loads, what you're doing, there's a lot more than just the rate and and how much you're going to earn on the load that goes into it. Um you, you've got to look at you know what market it's going into um are you going to be able to get a load out of that market? You know, what's going on with the driver? Is the driver in a situation where they can, they've, you know, they're, they're at the end of however long they're going to be out on the road and that you need to get them something that gets them back home and, and it may not be as good of a paying load. There's a, there's just a, a plethora of decision-making factors that go into picking each and every load. Mm. And so um, it, it's kind of hard to answer the question of, you know, What's the best, you know, what, what's the best option in, it's in too, every situation? It's too multifaceted. There's, there's so many different variables. And so you, you, yeah. you kind of have to be careful careful there. Um, that being said. That being said. <laughs> what are you going to do, Chris? I, and I shouldn't say well, about that specifically. I mean, what are you going to do as far as uh, using this spreadsheet to improve the numbers across the board? What kind of strategies do you have? So I, I think what you kind of do in this situation is you take all that into account and you're not going to, you're not going to say, Hey, I'm never going to do business again with a asset based brokerage. You just, right. you just can't, there's going to be situations where you need to pick up on those loads. But what I think that does is it gives us an idea of where we need to focus our time and energy. Mm. You know, we're going to focus those relationships on, you know, we're going to put the, the non-asset based brokerages at a higher priority it's, than the asset based ones and, and try to develop those relationships build those relationships so that they feel comfortable with us and we're going to get their better paying loads. Yeah. You know, kind of like we are getting with the the one that I've been talking about. We're They're giving us their cream of the crop, not because they know that we're going to handle their client well mm. and we're going to do what it takes to get that load from point A to point B. They feel comfortable with us. And so the better we can build those relationships, the more we can focus on those non-asset based brokerages and build those relationships, the more likely we are to get their better paying loads. And so if I'm putting myself in other people's shoes here, it, it's basically, it boils down to, Hey, fair is fair. Uh, of course, it's obvious that, that that asset based brokerage would, you know, give others the sloppy seconds, like you said, okay, well then those asset based brokerages are the seconds you know, yeah. again, turnabout is fair play, right? Yeah. They do it to you, you do it to them, and everybody walks away a winner, <laughs> you know, hopefully. <laughs> or all losers or something, I don't know. <laughs> we, we all lose equally. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, this is all making perfect sense to me, uh, at least in my head. 
Yeah. So I, I think the, that's one of the changes we're going to make. We're, you know, trying to develop more of those relationships. Um, and, and so what we're going to do, like Nate and I specifically, and, and probably I think I'm going to take really the lead on this is I'm going to start reaching out to the brokers that we haul loads for and, and starting with the asset based or the non-asset based ones and, and just, you know, do essentially a, uh, in the military, we call this an after action review. Mm. Anytime you complete a mission or you do something, you do an after action review where you kind of it's just a dissect a debrief, you know, what went well, what went wrong, what can we do better? Mm -hmm. um, what do we want to continue doing that we're doing well? And, and just kind of, you know, reach out to the broker and just, you know, introduce myself. Hey, we just hauled a load for you. You know, what, the, how'd it go for you? You know, what can we do better? <laughs> Was it good for you? Was too? It good? Yes. <laughs> it's a family friendly show, Craig. That's uh, <laughs> well, uh, not every week, Chris. <laughs> uh, okay, good. So yeah, anything else? We're going to do, we're going to do some things like that and just, you know, again, you know, focusing hard on direct shipper relationships and, and Nate's kind of taking the lead on that one. I'm going to take the lead on, on the, you know, brokerages and developing mm. a little bit better relationships with brokerages. And so what this kind of all boils down to, you know, if, if we were to give a couple goals that we want to get out of all of this is, you know, get our, our direct shipper mileage closer to 40% of our total miles. Right. And then, um, increase our brokerage rate that we get on average by 10 cents a mile. Okay. So 10 cents a mile from the brokers, more directs. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, and if we can do 40, all that, sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, if we can do all that, you know, I've kind of played around with the numbers a little bit. Um, I, I think we can get about 25 to $30,000 more a, a, a month in revenue just from doing those things. And, and obviously that's not something that's going to happen overnight, but if we can do that, you know, an, an extra twenty five, thirty thousand $30,000 in revenue with really no additional expenses would, would be super impactful. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. especially in the market that we've been dealing with the last yeah. year. And so. that'll give us some good, consistent profitability. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, on the 40% for direct shippers, uh, just so that I can get an idea of the long-term goals, is is the long-term goal 40% or is the long-term goal to get close as close as you can reasonably to 100% doing direct shipper loads? Uh, or is that totally unreasonable and 40% is already kind of shooting for the moon a little bit? I, I would say it's very reasonable to get to the point where you've essentially got all of your outbound stuff. So pretty close to 50%. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Getting yeah. Getting stuff coming back is a little bit more difficult, but that's that's not even impossible either. So even if you could get 50% of your stuff coming back direct, like I think you're killing it at that point. Yeah. So that, that essentially be almost like 75% of your okay. loads, direct shippers. If, if you can do that, I, I think You've you're got in it made. a really good spot. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. But if, you know, for now, if we can get that 40 shooting for 50, you know, all, all our outbound stuff. Um, and, and then from there kind of start working, trying to find some more back calls that are direct mm -hmm. would be good. So, Chris, is this where we start talking about the seven habits of highly effective people and the sharpening your axe and all that yeah, stuff? You yeah. know what I'm talking about? So it, that's what we're doing, <laughs> sharpening the axe, man. Yeah. So I, as you've been talking about all this, it just it has made me think of the last 10 to 12 uh, financials episodes that we've done that have been, you know, for the most part, oh, pretty painful. Lackluster. Yeah. 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 Lackluster. There you go. And it can be demoralizing 
And it's tempting to kind of sit back and just wait until the market gets better. See if I, oh, can I weather this storm? Well, there are things you can do, right? And uh, as allergic as I am to spreadsheets, I'm still impressed and, and I'm glad I get to see kind of what it means to step back, sharpen the ax, and you know, then get back to work maybe a little smarter than you were before, right? Yep. That's the whole point of all That's this. That's the whole point. And I, th I think doing this kind of being self-reflective and really thinking and analyzing your business on a regular basis is a super healthy thing to do. So I, like I, and, and just this kind of load analysis that, that I've kind of been spending the last week or so, two weeks on it is just one of the things that we're, we're trying to do. We're, you know, again, we're just, we're making a concerted effort to make some of those, a, a bunch of those small incremental changes that on an aggregate will become a, a big change and right. have a big impact on the business. It's, it's not one thing. It's a lot of little things. Yep. I mean, we're just going to keep doing that. We talk about uh, fuel expenses and, and mileage and it's like, Hey, can you add this to your truck? And you'll spend a little bit, but uh, you know, over the long term, it's going to increase your mileage and therefore your profitability, but yep. you're going to find 50 of those little things to do to your truck. It's not one fix-all solution, right? And this is the same kind of thing, Stream, streamlining the company, so to speak. Exactly. So, okay, Chris, any final thoughts before we uh, head out for today? I think that's it. Okay, well, thank you, Chris, for coming in a week early so that I can go on my... Uh, adventure uh, yeah i was, working, I was about to vacation. say i was about to I'm, say well I'm giving deserved. you a hard time because it, it is a little bit of a <laughs> there's some work involved uh there there is a little bit yeah i guess so but um yeah i needed to go out early so thank you for recording a little bit early thanks everybody for listening and thanks merrimack for sponsoring the show again this week uh all right chris i will see you next time see you craig